Welcome to the New to Crypto podcast, designed to guide you through the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy, created for the new and intermediate crypto investor. Join your host, Crypto Travels Michael, as he takes you through the different facets of getting started and succeeding in your crypto journey. New to Crypto podcast brings you new episodes daily, Monday through Friday, with surprise bonus episodes sometimes on the weekend. Let me ask you, are you new to crypto? Don't know where to start? Are you more experienced but have questions? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is designed for you. Coming at you from the Trading Center in the Lifestyle Design Studio, here's your host, Crypto Travels Michael. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. You can store, manage, and grow your portfolio, get NFTs, and multi-chain support. Download the Brave Privacy Browser at brave.com slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. I'm excited about today's episode. I have Tin Zadich as our guest here on the New to Crypto podcast. Tin is the COO of Crypto Today, a community-based platform that is, de- think of it as a decentralized coin market cap. He's also the founder of BitX, which helps integrate blockchain technology into existing digital segments of the economy and community. Tin Man, thanks for coming out today. Welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can you just share a little bit about yourself with our listeners and maybe a little bit of your background in crypto before we dive Uh, in? Yeah, of course. So I started as an investor. I bought Bitcoin in 2015, 16. I don't really even remember. I was still in college and I saw this idea of completely decentralized economy that is not connected to today's oligarchic structure, let's say it like this. And actually, the the most fascinating part that I saw in it, well, at least I saw it this way, it was essentially financial democracy for everyone. And this is the part that I instantly loved the most. And I started like saving up some money while I was in college, everything that I could afford so I can buy a bit of Bitcoin. And I sold a lot of it too early. I I can definitely say I don't have a Lambo or anything, but I sold it too early because I was sure we are not going to go this high. But the whole concept stuck with me, you know, blockchain technology, what it can do. And I'm a programmer. So I finished university for programming and I started looking into parts of blockchain, what we can do. And at some point I noticed Ethereum and what Vitalik did. And at that moment, I just started thinking smart contracts, man, you can use it for so many things, for literally everything. And this is where I formed my idea about the company, about BitX. And uh, this is how we started. And now we actually do programming for any sort of project, any company, any idea. We have uh, a lot of developers, Web3, blockchain, and even traditional programming. And me and my partners, we are three of us. We mostly focus on ideas, you know, concepts, new ways to implement crypto, blockchain, into today's life, we heavily focus on implementing blockchain into the real world. So our focus is not just doing something in the metaverse or something that is not really related to the real world. 
but really taking blockchain to every person, to everyday use. This is what we want to do with every project. Excellent. Excellent. I got to agree with you. Isn't it amazing to see how far crypto has come from, you know, like the 2015, 17 era that you were talking about to man, wow, where we are now, you know? Wow, I'm amazed. It's astonishing because when, when you look at the development of internet, it was way slower. These kind of evolutions didn't really happen so fast. So crypto is kind of an accelerated internet thing, at least from my point of view. Absolutely. So let's segue into today's episode is all about crypto today and you and your team's project. Can you tell us a little bit about what is crypto today? Okay, so yeah, you kind of described it really good. It's basically a decentralized coin market cap, coin gecko, coins, uh, you know, research sites, but with a twist. We want it to be a DAO, so a community-driven project that in the end, our vision is in the end, that can govern itself. So today when you go to, I don't know, CoinMarketCap and you have a new project, so you worked hard, you have a nice idea, you need exposure. The only way you can get exposure is by getting yourself listed on some sites. CoinMarketCap, for instance, is a good site to get exposure because when you get listed on CoinMarketCap, you instantly get a lot of eyes on you. And usually these projects that get listed get a lot of funding right away. And for a project that has a good idea, that's really the most important part. The problem is that like all centralized things, there is one person or maybe two, three persons that hold all the power that can decide if you will get or will not get listed. And if you think about it, blockchain as an idea does not really suit that style of thinking. The problem is I have worked on several good projects that just fell apart because they couldn't get listed in time on CoinMarketCap. They burned through all of their cash and they just stopped because they couldn't get exposure. And some projects that start off with a lot of capital behind them, but don't really have a good idea or are basically just coins, if you know what I mean, uh, they can just pay their way into, into listings and get exposure and get a lot of capital out of it. And this is from my point of view, from our point of view, this is not a fair playing field. And the idea with crypto today is to take this decision about listing directly to the community, directly to the voters. So it's not up to us to decide who is going to get listed. It's up to the voters, up to the token holders who will say, research the project and say, okay, we want this to be listed on the site. We want this to get exposure. And in the same way, the project wants to get listed on the site because they can get exposure with a well-educated, knowledgeable community who know about crypto, who research projects every day, and who actually know what they're talking about. Maybe get some smart investors, loyal investors, a loyal community, something that good projects actually need. Okay, so would you see, would you basically say that those are the major differences between, say, crypto today and CoinGecko and CoinMarketCap, or would you say there's other ones as well? Yeah, we can go into specifics, but the main difference is this. We do not care if you are a project with $10 billion or $10,000. We care if the community wants you and likes you, and we only care if the vote goes through. Okay, we have some fail-safe systems in place, so we can verify if the vote was rigged or maybe something, yeah, you know, all the ways you can maybe trick the community or do something bad. But in the end of the day, we want to let it just happen automatically. 
people will come, research it, click yes or no to some information that they provided. And that is going to be written directly on the Ethereum chain. So everything is transparent. And in the end, yeah, truly decentralized. Okay. And you mentioned the DAO structure. So, you know, this is called the New to Crypto podcast. You know, some of our listeners are familiar with DAOs and some of them, this may be an intro or they they may have heard it before, but maybe they don't know so much about it. Can you just share with our audience what a DAO is and then how does it tie into crypto today, for example? Yeah, of course. Uh, So a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. What it basically means is that by holding tokens, you are a participant in the organization and you get some rights. Depending on how the organization is structured, your rights are then distributed. In our DAO, a token holder is a voter. And for every decision a DAO makes, there is a vote. And if you are a token holder, you get your fair share of the vote. Some DAOs allow the votes to be a sum of tokens. So if you have more tokens, you have more votes. With us, we are going to be a one wallet, one vote kind of DAO. So it doesn't matter how much tokens you have. You are still one person and your one wallet address is actually your one vote. The one thing that we want to implement is a reward system for good DAO members, honest DAO members and correct DAO members. So by voting correctly, every time you vote correctly consecutively, you will get weight in the system. So you will be a bigger part of the system to some degree. So we do not want some early investors or early voters to become just too powerful, but to some degree, we will allow it. And if you are 100% correct, let's say 50 times in a row, you get to be an OG voter which allows you some additional stuff. Like uh, you can question a voting process. Let's say some coin comes to our site. They pass the voting system and they should be listed. You have a time span where an OG voter can say, I'm questioning this. Something is fishy. I do not like this. He can then ask questions about the project and wait for answers. Then the vote is recast. We are then giving additional awards to the community to actually look at it again, see what the OG voter actually wrote, and then we can have a new vote. So this is some additional feature that you can acquire by being very good. Okay. I really like how you guys have structured uh, your DAO. I actually, I like the the one wallet, one vote. You know, you guys have really went to some really good lengths to to make it fair and um, transparent. Thanks. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. The first question that that I actually said the first day was, "How do we get get rid of whales?" You know, there's a lot of people today in crypto that got in too early, and they have so much money. And basically, you just have to pay attention because if you don't think about it, someone is going to buy up fifty percent of the whole supply and just vote their way into everything. In this case, it is again centralized. <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. Let's move into let's let's go into the process uh, that a new listing will go through. So, can you yeah. explain the process that new listings will go through with crypto today? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, the, it's it's fairly simple. You go to the site, and on the site there will be get listed button. You have to connect your wallet. You have to say get listed, and then you will just see simple form that will require some information uh, about the project. 
These information are, okay, probably for everyone who is a bit deeper in, in the crypto space, uh, simple information, but someone who is new, some of these information are, are a bit complicated. But basically what we require is the project to list all of the information there that are vital to check it. So contract address, uh, ticker, I don't know, name, uh, white paper, GitHub link, uh, stuff that someone with a bit of knowledge can actually check and see if everything that is written is also true. After you fill out all of the information, social media links and everything also, of course, then you just have to stake a certain amount of list tokens which are then being given to the community as a reward. So our idea is to just let the projects themselves reward the community directly. So it's like a Patreon system, you know, where the project that wants to get listed and get some exposure with people actually just rewards the people directly, you know, and they stake their tokens into the reward pool. There is a minimum, there is no maximum. So if, any project wants to get more exposure, they can stake more tokens. We actually do not care about it. Then the process is automatically started. 108 hours later, at the most, you are being listed. The majority of the process is actually automated. So there should be maybe some little things that we need to do by hand. But uh, yeah, if we get enough funding, we hope uh, to get everything fully automated. So we actually do not have to uh, intervene ourselves. Or if we do have to, it's really just in the one percentile space. Okay. And you, you mentioned the list token. Can you unpack some details about, you know, this, was, this is an introduction more than likely for our listeners. So what is the list token? How does it work? Why is it there? Yeah. So basically the list token, uh, like every DAO, has a token that is the driving force of the DAO. For crypto today, our token is list. And to be a participant of the DAO, you have to have some minimal amount of list tokens staked on the platform. At this moment, we still don't know how much list tokens we are going to require, but we want it to be a really small amount so everyone can participate but not too small, so it's practical for, for bots or something like this. So it has to cost something, but not too much. And basically, by holding list tokens, you're participating in the DAO. By holding list tokens, you're not just participating in the votes for listings. We will actually have regular votes about structuring the whole project, about changes that we want to do. And these changes are also going to be votes that every DAO participant can make. So you always have two or three options, what to maybe develop next, and we will let the DAO decide what they want to see. So for instance, as soon as we get the chance, I hope we can get some NFT verification system so we can filter out also NFT projects. I don't know, I have some ideas about educational platforms or maybe YouTubers, you know, influencers, how we can rate them, grade them on the system, which ones are actually truthful, which one talk about the tech, which ones are educational, these kind of things. And uh, when we come to it, the last decision with what we are going to develop and implement first, it's going to come to the DAO and they will vote upon it, get some rewards out of it. And yeah, we will work on it. Awesome. I like the way you designed that. How many total list tokens are there going to be? 
<laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> uh, it's a hundred billion token supply, but we have a burn mechanic. So every time a vote goes through, some certain amount of tokens is going to get burned. So deflationary tokenomics. And we wanted to, to have a bit more of the tokens so we can just decide what's enough and then burn it after we implement a lot of stuff that we want to do. And our treasury is fairly big because uh, we want to enable staking maybe later and liquidity pools. We need a lot of it for uh, locked liquidity on Uniswap and uh, I don't know, some other things. I can't remember all of it now. And you mentioned uh, deflationary and burn. And just for some of our listeners that aren't familiar with what that is, can you just kind of give a, you know, an overview? Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, burn mechanic, that's really popular in the last two years. Uh, this is a process where we actually destroy tokens. So when something happens that is written in the smart contract, a certain, I don't know, requirement is fulfilled, then a burn is, burn is uh, issued and some tokens are basically destroyed which means that the supply, so the number of all tokens that are available, becomes smaller each time this happens. In our case, adding new projects to the site will actually reduce the number of tokens available. Why did we implement this? First of all, because I know that it's something uh, people in crypto love. Secondly, because uh, it will probably enable first investors a kind of security, you know, so they have some like small security part that their tokens are going to be valued more, at least in the sense of that there is going to be less of them available. So the price should, should not, I don't know, sometimes it, go, it goes up, sometimes it doesn't, no financial advice. But in the end, I know it's today, it's risky to invest in any project that doesn't have a product yet. So this is a way to give the investors some like small inkling of assurance that if they buy first, they will probably be in a better position than someone who is buying later. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. What's Web3? Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street, more control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. Most wallets are browser extensions, a Web2 technology. That means the same old risks, app spoofing, phishing scams, and theft. Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is the first secure wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. With Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap assets, manage NFTs, even connect other wallets and dApps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions. It's time to switch to Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com forward slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. Okay. And I'm here in your white paper under rewards and fees. Can you kind of break down some of the rewards, how the fees work, and then, you know, touch on the treasury grants? As I said already, by participating in the DAO, you will always earn some rewards. So by being a good voter, you will get rewards by doing some other stuff. We have a lot of things, a lot of use cases that we want to implement. 
Uh, I cannot share yet everything because they forbade me to speak too much about it. But essentially what we want to do is have an incentive system to actually reward every token holder who is a good, honest and regular participant in the whole process and just reward them as much as we can. But of course, it's a thin line of rewarding too much and just enough. <laughs> Uh, the fee system is actually, I think, I would say it, it is well described in the white paper with the whole graphic. I think you saw it. If you, if you go to the graphic under the token usage part, so voting, voting system, this is actually the best explanation, graphically speaking, that we can do so people can actually see what we are talking about. But there are basically, I'd say, two types of fees the ones that are being implemented onto listers and the ones that are being implemented on the voters. I wouldn't, the voter fee, I wouldn't call it exactly a fee because it's basically if you, if you're voting wrong, you're going to lose the tokens. So staking this token is basically an insurance that you're going to vote honestly. So if you are not voting honestly, you're losing tokens essentially. So I wouldn't call it a fee. I would call it a, I don't know, punishment, but it's not really punishment. It's just, yeah, you, you, you didn't hold up to your end of the bargain type of thing, you know? Okay. Uh, and just, just a little side note for our listeners, the, the link for the white paper and all the links are on our um, blog post episode page. So if you want to follow along, um, all you have to do is head over there and click, and then you'll see uh, what we're looking at. Yeah. Uh, I think it will be very help, helpful just graphically seeing what, what is happening. The lister fees are basically just direct rewards for the community. So let's say, um, I don't know, it's Cardano wants to get listed on uh, crypto today and uh, someone from the community wants it to get listed. They just have to go to our page, click on list and uh, stake this fee. You know, it's a minimal amount and they stake it and that's that, you know, that's okay. the fee. and the fee goes directly to the community as a reward for their participation in the whole process and for actually validating everything that is written. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the last part is probably uh, the treasury grant part. Yeah. This is basically more incentives for the community. We already know that we are going to implement a lot of other use cases that are not just listing projects. And we have to think about how we are going to reward people for verifying something, something where there is no payer, you know, where there is no lister. And this is where the treasury grants come into place. These are actually just parts of the treasury that we want to have set aside. So when we implement certain mechanics, we have some reward system in place. And there will be competitions, governance votes, as I said, when we have a DAO vote about uh, in which direction the project is going to go, we are going to reward the voters from the treasury. And this will be held probably periodically. We will try to structure it so every participant in the DAO knows that it's going to happen, let's say, once in a month, you know, some big decision so everyone can participate. We tried to structure it in a way that we actually incentivize people to stay on the platform, to be an active and well-educated user, you know, to help further it more. That's the, the whole idea behind our treasury grant structure. Awesome. Tin Man, you guys have a lot of really creative ideas that you brought together with this project. Yeah, my hat. I just tip my hat off to you and your team. 
And so. uh, yeah, this is, I'm excited to see, you know, everything roll out and 2022 with crypto today. Can you, can you share with um, all of the listeners a little bit about the roadmap for 2022, what to expect? Yeah, the roadmap, when you look at it, at least from my point of view, it looks a bit thin, but it's kind of on purpose. But yeah, we can go through it. Uh, at this point, we are well above 90% of development done. So our uh, smart contracts are already in the auditing process. Backend part is, I would say, 90% done. Frontend is almost completely done. It looks quite nice. And basically, we are just finishing up some stuff um, and thinking about maybe going to the test net and testing everything out. So this Q1 is basically over. Quarter two is the launch date after the token sale, so 15th of March. And we hope somewhere at the end of Q2 to deliver the advanced coin analytics. So analytics specialists from uh, actually my university that are going to help us bring some interesting analytics to the platform. It's not just going to be statistics that you can find out anywhere. We will try to draw as much data from every graph, every coin, everything that we have from the markets and just show it to the token holders as a special like uh, little trading section or analysis section where you can come and just have some more data drawn out of uh, the platform. This is still in the idea stage. Uh, the good part is that the idea is actually completely done and we are just waiting to see if we have enough cash after the token sale to just start with, you know. Quarter three, we are planning to roll out a lot of the gamification upgrades that we plan to have. So these type of things that I cannot yet say, uh, some, uh, how do you say, it, competitions will be uh, introduced to the system. User profiles will get a lot more interesting. So uh, users will have a lot of more uh, stuff to see, uh, stuff to show, and a lot of more rewards to actually gain from the system. So this is something that we already have like 70% developed. The final 30% are actually the part that costs the most <laughs> So also we are waiting to see if the token launch goes through so we can finish up with it. And uh, Q4, yeah, basic iOS and Android app. And the best part that I'm really stoked about is the cross-chain support implementation. So we have an idea to enable not only Ethereum-based wallets to connect with us, but also any other major chain. So uh, Solana is going to be a part of it, definitely. Cardano. I mean, I'm a big supporter of Solana, just to be uh, clear. Oh, my, yeah. Uh, Ethereum is clearly the best thing to start off this because with Ethereum, because of the gas fees, it's really unlikely someone is going to engage in bots and uh, this kind of uh, solutions because it would just cost too much money to even try to rig a vote on Ethereum. If we did this on Solana... Uh, it would be a lot easier. And uh, we would definitely have some like people trying to do it if they would succeed. I don't know. 
But the writing on the wall is that definitely Ethereum is for the chain part, for uh, writing everything on the chain. But uh, we are definitely in the process of enabling cross-chain support for everyone who comes from other chains and they can also interact with the platform. Also, in the whole cross-chain support implementation, we plan on enabling projects to not only stake list tokens in the reward pool, but also stake uh, tokens from their own project. So they can reward the community with their own tokens together with list tokens. And for to do this good, you actually need support for every chain. Wow, I like that last part that you just mentioned. Yeah, we, are, we have a lot more ideas uh, like this. I'm actually very sad because I'm a person that wants to tell everything right away. And the guys at the project always say, Jesus, man, you have to keep something down because if you say everything at once, people are going to expect us to deliver on this. And it's completely impossible to do everything in, I don't know, three months span. I, I mean, I'm realistic. I know this, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of interesting things on the platform that's, that I'm really excited about. And cross-chain support is actually one of them. We have a lot of programmers in my company that are working on Solana, that are working on Cardano, on Ethereum. And yeah, this is going to be uh, really exciting to see them all work together on the same project because usually they have to work on separate projects. Absolutely. No, I'm excited to see uh, how everything unfolds and unpacks in 2022. Uh, Yeah, yeah. In, in closing, is there anything else you want to share? And also, how can our listeners reach out, join your community? Is there a telegram? Is uh, What are the preferred ways that everyone, the links for the, for all of these are on, on our blog post page, by the way, but everyone wants to hear from you firsthand. Uh, yeah, our main channel is definitely the telegram group. Uh, so the telegram announcement channel, I would recommend everyone to just join the announcement group. And there you will probably find everything that you need. We also have a discussion board uh, where you can join up and talk to our administrators. I am sometimes there answering questions about the project. And yeah, that's the first stop. I would say first stop. Uh, the other stop is our webpage. You can find everything on it, probably from the white paper to, the, to every other social media channel that we have. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Stay decentralized, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm already a member of uh, your Telegram group. Tin Man, we thank you for coming out today, and uh, we welcome you back anytime. Uh, You and I were talking a little bit ago about uh, maybe bringing you back and doing a YouTube video in in the future here. Yeah, of course. After you guys roll out, you know? Yeah, I would be glad to do it. Awesome. We'll welcome you. And uh, hey, man, thanks for coming out, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Michael. Have a nice day, man. Hey, you too as well. Until next time. Hey, if you like today's episode, definitely like and subscribe to the podcast, show your support and chime in here tomorrow for another special episode. Until then, make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in to New to Crypto Podcast. If you like the episode, be sure to follow and subscribe. You can listen to every episode on all major platforms. Have an interest in being on the show or want advertising? Reach out at newtocrypto.io. Head over to our site, newtocrypto.io, to access the resources mentioned in each episode. Until next time, remember to navigate the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy.